Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast. I'm Michelle Kane, your co-host and founder of World of Vegan. And I'm Tony Okamoto, your co-host and founder of Plant Based on a Budget and Food Sharing Vegan. On this show, we talk with plant powered people from all around the world about various aspects of plant-based living because we want to empower you to learn, explore, and evolve in a kind, sustainable, and healthy direction. All of course, while eating the most delicious food and having a ton of fun. Today, we are so excited to be bringing on Dr. Michael Greger to talk about how we can not die from many of the leading causes of death. Dr. Greger is a world-renowned physician, New York Times bestselling author of several books, including How Not to Die, and an internationally recognized speaker covering important public health issues. He's also a graduate of the Cornell University School of Agriculture and the Tufts University School of Medicine. Dr. Greger has lectured at countless institutions, testified before Congress, appeared on shows such as The Colbert Report and The Dr. Oz Show, and was invited as an expert witness in defense of Oprah Winfrey at the famous meat defamation trial. Dr. Greger specializes in clinical nutrition, and he's a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. He's also the founder of the nonprofit website, nutritionfacts.org, one of my favorite sources of nutrition information. And he's spent his entire career reviewing nutrition studies and literature and really digging in deep to the science to identify scientifically accurate nutrition information that he makes really easy to understand for everyday people through his site, nutritionfacts.org. In his best-selling book, How Not to Die, he covers the top causes of death and how we can minimize them through diet, lifestyle, and food choices. We're so excited to dive into the Daily Dozen concept that makes healthy eating easy for all of us. Before we jump in, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsors of this episode, Caraway and Organifi. If you listen to the Plant Powered People podcast often, you know how much we love Caraway. They make my favorite cookware and bakeware, and they have newly launched food storage sets that are unsurprisingly totally gorgeous, thoughtfully designed, and they make spring cleaning your fridge and pantry really satisfying. So if you're an organization nut, you've got to check them out. Or if you just want to give your kitchen a little makeover, Caraway's eco-friendly non-stick and non-toxic pots, pans, and baking sheets and all their products really are an investment that you'll be loving every time you cook. And also when you clean because the food just slides right off of the ceramic nonstick surface on their pans. If you'd like to check them out, we have a special code so you can save on the full suite of Caraway products, including their food storage containers, tea kettle and cookware. And you can do so at carawayhome.com slash plantpoweredkitchen. Go there to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal's exclusive for our listeners. So again, you can visit carawayhome.com slash plantpoweredkitchen or use the code plantpoweredkitchen at checkout to explore Caraway. Non-toxic cookware made modern. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Organifi. In our home, we've been enjoying Organifi's protein powder for years. They're extremely popular and you've probably seen their protein powder or have had it too. But they are also known as a line of organic superfood blends that make it easy to get in more plant-powered nutrition, vitamins, antioxidants, and superfoods even when life gets busy. They have several powder blends, including a green juice packed with veggies, a red juice packed with dried fruits and superfoods, that's my fave, 
and other science-backed health blends. They all contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. Organifi also takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day, which you know that I'm down with. Plus, you can head over to Organifi.com slash plant power. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash plant power and use the code plant power for 20% off your entire order. Now on to the episode. Hi, Dr. Gregor. Welcome to the Plant Powered People podcast. It is so great to have you. We've wanted this since day one. So, uh, and this is our fifth season. So, thank you so much for coming on. I love the alliteration, Plant Powered People. <laughs> uh, well, we want to dive right in with you today. You are such a wealth of knowledge, and it is just a privilege to even know you. So you have so much to share. We're hoping to have five more episodes with you in the future. But for this one, we're going to focus on the Daily Dozen. Can you talk a little bit about what got you started down the the path of being a doctor in the first place? Yeah, it was actually all my grandmother. I was just a kid when my grandma was sent home in a wheelchair with uh, end-stage heart disease and basically sent home to die. She already had so many bypass surgeries to basically run out of plumbing at some point. Confined in a wheelchair, crushing chest pain. Her life was over at age 65. But then she heard about this guy, Nathan Pritikin, one of our early lifestyle medicine pioneers. And what happened next is actually detailed in Pritikin's biography. It talks about Frances Greger, my grandmother. Uh, they wheeled her in and she walked out. Though she was given a medical death sentence at age 65, thanks to a healthy diet, was able to enjoy another 31 years on this planet till age 96 to continue to enjoy six grandkids, including me. That's why I went into medicine. It's why I practice lifestyle medicine, why I started nutritionfacts.org, why I wrote the book How Not to Die, uh, why all the proceeds from all the sales of my books all go directly to charity. I just want to do for everyone's family what Pritikin did. For my family. I love that. I lived with my grandparents growing up and they really suffered from diet-related health issues. And my my aunts, my uncles, uh, they've all suffered severely. And when I talk to people in my family, there is this common understanding that they all have. And it's that we just have bad genes. And that's why we've had premature deaths from heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and have suffered amputations and heart attacks at age 40. We just have bad genes. But when I was reading your book, you have a different perspective. And I would love to hear yours. You've done so much evidence-based research. And and so can you tell us about how much of these issues are diet-related versus genes? Yes, about 80% of what uh, primary care physicians see day-to-day are uh, chronic diseases caused by bad lifestyle choices. And the reason we know that is because the rates of these diseases vary as much as 100-fold around the world. So some places have much higher lung cancer rates than other places. And so you say, well... It can't just be genetics. There must be some factor. And indeed, smoking rates differ 
And that accounts for much of the differences in lung cancer rates. But the same thing happened with, you know, colorectal cancer. Some countries have 100 times more colorectal cancer than other countries. And then you do migration studies where you take people. So when, you know, uh, the Japanese man moves to San Francisco and starts eating and living like an American, they acquire the same diseases. And so their prostate cancer rates shoot up, but their stomach cancer rates shoot down because they're not eating all this salty preserved fish. And so this gave us kind of hints that much of the chronic diseases that plague the Western world really had more to do with our day-to-day choices than anything else. And then, uh, you know, Dr. Dean Ornish and others of his ilk came along and actually proved with these randomized controlled trials where you take people, randomize them to, uh, you know, to a plant-based diet or to their regular diet and actually show that some of these diseases like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, can be reversed. Arteries opened up without drugs, without surgery, just a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors, proving that, look, you're not changing the genes. You're changing, uh, you know, you're just changing what you eat on a day-to-day basis. And you can not only slow down or stop the progression of some of these diseases, but reverse it, suggesting that your body wanted to be healthy all along, but was just never given a chance. You mentioned heart disease and type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure, which we've talked about a bunch. I feel like those are like the big three that get a lot of attention within the health space lately. Thank goodness, because there's so much impact that foods can have on those. Can you run through some other health conditions or diseases that people may know someone with or have a family member with, may have heard of, and not realize that what we eat can actually impact the course of that disease or coming to be in the first place. Can you kind of like run through some of those? Any disease has inflammatory components, such as autoimmune diseases like inflammatory bowel diseases, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, um, or uh, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune disease of the nerves, or rheumatoid arthritis, or uh, psoriatic arthritis, or ankylosing spondylitis. These are all uh, autoimmune joint diseases. Any disease with an inflammatory component may be able to help with an anti-inflammatory diet. And so, indeed, you see uh, tremendous success in treating many of these diseases by putting people on a healthy plant-based diet. In your book, which I highly recommend for those listening, if you haven't already read How Not to Die, it's so fascinating. You you break down a lot of different conditions by chapter and you go into like the brain and Alzheimer's and dementia. We have a whole episode this season focusing specifically on that, digestive issues, lung, liver, infections, blood cancer, prostate cancer, breast, breast cancer, kidney diseases, even Parkinson's disease, and how we can eat to support our bodies and reduce our risk and prevent and help reduce the impact of these on our lives. It's so fascinating. Anyway, I really encourage all of you to read How Not to Die. But in this episode, we're going to specifically talk about the Daily Dozen, which you talk about in your book. So for all these different things, you've studied for pretty much your whole career, all the nutrition information and studies out there to figure out what is the best thing that we can be eating and then how to make it practical in a way that we can actually incorporate into our days. So can you talk a little bit about The Daily Dozen? What is it? How did you come up with it? Why? Yeah, absolutely. So the first half of How Not to Die is, as you mentioned, just 15 chapters on each of the 15 leading causes of death. 
that can around the world diet may play in preventing, arresting, or reversing each of our top 15 killers. But I didn't want it to just be kind of a reference book. You know, I wanted it to be kind of a practical guide on translating this mountain of data into, you know, day-to-day grocery store type decisions. And so that's really became the second half of the book where I sent to my recommendations around a daily dozen checklist of all the things I try to fit into my daily routine. So, uh, for example, berries every day, the healthiest fruits, greens every day, the healthiest vegetables, tablespoon of ground flax seeds, quarter teaspoon of turmeric, the best beverages, the best, you know, how much uh, exercise to get every day. Basically, just try to inspire people to fit some of the healthiest of healthy foods into their daily diet. Well, I appreciate a checklist, and I actually have the Daily Dozen checklist here. I have it printed in my house. I think it's a really beautiful, practical way to incorporate things. So just to give those listening, if you haven't seen it, it shows like beans and it has three little check boxes next to it for three servings of beans and one check box next to berries. And it's interesting because Tony and I actually a couple years ago created a one week or five day meal plan around the Daily Dozen. And it was really Fun, both trying to incorporate all of these things, but also noticing that when you check off all of these foods and, and get them into your diet, there's not a lot of room for other foods. Like you're full. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. intend it to be like, this is going to be the healthiest way to eat. We just wanted to get the checklist in affordably for people. But when we did that, we were eating delicious filling food and there just was not, we weren't hungry for anything else. So I think that's another amazing benefit. That's part of the the sneaky approach is that by the time you go through the, right, there's just not a lot of room. You kind of muscle out any of the kind of less than healthy options. And so, yeah, the uh, the Daily Dozen is available as a free app, iPhone and Android. And so, yeah, I encourage people to check it out. Again, just kind of as an aspirational way to try to not miss some of these best of best foods. Okay, I'm going to read through the Daily Dozen. And then there's a couple items on here that are a little bit unique. And I would love you to dig deeper into the why. But first, okay, we've got three servings. We've got beans, berries, other fruits, cruciferous, greens, other veggies, flax seeds, nuts, spices, specifically noting turmeric, whole grains, beverages, and exercise. So we're not just talking food here. And on beverages, we've got five checkboxes, which personally, I need to be working up to that because I don't do a great job. But there's a couple items on like a lot of this is kind of intuitive, right? We want to be eating fruit and beans and legumes and nuts and these and whole grains. But flax seeds is kind of a unique like that is a very specific thing to have on this list. Why flax seeds? Yeah, well, randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials, which are very rare in the diet world, have shown that the consumption of a few spoonfuls of ground flaxseed a day can bring down blood pressure two to three times better than our leading blood pressure medications and only have good side effects, reducing the risk of breast and prostate cancer, controlling cholesterol, triglycerides, and blood sugars, reducing inflammation, and curing constipation. One tablespoon of ground flaxseeds every day. I love that. And it's so easy to incorporate. You can throw it into a smoothie. That's usually how Tony and I, when we were trying to create our... It makes a a nice kind of thickening agent. Yeah. Yeah. And a smoothie, obviously you can bake with it and everything. But when we were trying to like incorporate the whole daily dozen, the smoothie was the way to do it because you can throw in... Yeah, Yeah. you can throw in berries, you can throw in nuts, you can throw in flax seeds, all that can go into a smoothie. Okay, the other one, and this, when I was first reading your book, which I was gifted for 
I think for the holidays when it first came out. And so I was reading it all cozy by the fire. And my mind was just blown at it again and again. Like I had been plant-based for a long time, but you really go into some interesting things. The one that caught my mind was spices. I never thought about spices as having health benefits before. And in your food, you talk about how they're really like superfoods, they're superpowers, and any adding any spices can be really helpful. And specifically, you talk about turmeric. So, can you talk a little bit about spices and how they can impact our health, why they're important, what to look for there, and then also why turmeric? Yeah, that's one. I mean, uh, there's this interesting kind of selection bias when it comes to spices. It's one of the few foods that's so potent enough that you can actually pit them head to head against effectively a sugar pill to do these randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials. I mean, those are the, these are the most kind of robust kind of trials we could do. I mean, you can do, I mean, you can randomize people to different diets, but they know they're on different diets, right? And so you get this kind of placebo effect of, you know, this kind of, uh, you're expecting some kind of benefit. And then if you get the benefit, you don't know how much arises from that expectation, how much actually comes from the food. There's been interesting ways that researchers have tried to blind people to dietary changes. They put people on kind of arbitrary diets, like, okay, nothing with cucumbers or nothing with, like, just some weird rules that are totally made up and random versus the actual rules for some other group that's randomized. And so they both feel like they're on some special diet, but only one is really on a diet that makes any sense, you know. But uh, ideally, what we want to do is, like they do with drug trials, is actually pitted against the placebo. Now, you can do that with the flax seeds by making muffins. And so that's what they did. They baked muffins, some with flax, some with others, and they were able to create muffins that tasted, looked, same texture and everything, but one had flax, and no one knew which was which until the end. They break the code, and they say, oh, you were the one on flax. Let's see if you, how you did compared to the non-flax person. Um, not all foods. I mean, so some with berries, they 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 they're able to do some of these. What they do is um, they use like freeze dried blueberry powder. So it's just like basically the blueberries with the water taken out, and then they make a fake blueberry powder. I mean, you really couldn't make a fake blueberry, but you can make a fake blueberry powder. Same color, same flavor, same tartness, same sweetness, same blueberry flavor with whatever crazy you know artificial you know, flavorings they have now, but they're able remarkably to make these little packets of powder that people really can't tell the difference, which seems crazy to me, but okay. And so they send them home and then they make a smooth every day. And who knows who's in the blueberry group, who's in the fake blueberry group until you can kind of break the code at the end. But spices, you know, you can do these studies where you give people, you know, a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder or ginger powder or black cumin something. And then, look, that that fits into, uh, you know, one or two just capsules. And then you can easily just give someone capsules filled with, you know, flour or, you know, anything, basic cellulose, sawdust, whatever. As the placebo, no one knows who's in what group. And then you can see if taking just a few pinches worth of a spice does anything. And what what do they find? It actually does something. Now, this is not to say that spices are necessarily so unique in that regard, other than the fact that we're, we've been able to do these, stu- these studies to prove their benefits. So when you, you know, randomize people to cabin, you get some amazing benefit. You don't know how much the role of placebo plays. You know, people have this sense that cabbage is good for them, and so all of a sudden they're feeling better, and maybe it's because they think, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of tease it out. But the spices, we have it nailed down. 
with these most rigorous of interventional trials, and we see all these remarkable health benefits. Are they unique to spices? Well, we're not sure because we really haven't been able to do these same kind of rigorous trials with other foods. But hey, let's take advantage of what we have. And so it's just always fascinating to me that somehow people kind of just stumbled across these foods that found their way around the world that just happened to have all these health benefits. And it turns out that many, just like many of the antioxidants in fruits and vegetables, are the plant pigments themselves. So the beta-garotene, the orange pigment, or the lycopene, the red pigment, the lutein, and the yellow pigment to make uh, corn yellow. These, uh, that the pigments themselves, the bright colors themselves, the same property that gives them those colors is the same biochemical property that makes them able to act as antioxidants. And so we picked these nice, brightly colored food because they look pretty, but it turns out that prettiness actually had this property of being an antioxidant. With similarly many of the flavor compounds themselves, what makes garlic taste like garlic, it's that flavor compound itself that actually has the properties. Um, and so you can even just remove that, that flavor compound, give it to people, and replicate many of the benefits of giving someone a whole clove of garlic. And so, again, it's just this kind of quasi coincidence that people are eating ginger, you know, presumably initially, not because they thought they had any special properties, but just because it tasted good. It made whatever food taste good. But little did we know that those compounds, those flavor compounds, had these medicinal qualities. And so I recommend a wide variety of spices, talk about the benefits of a whole bunch of them. But uh, for the purposes of the Daily Dozen, I wanted to give someone a concrete recommendation. And so uh, a quarter teaspoon of turmeric. And that's because we have, that's where we have most data. There's been more than 50 clinical trials that have tested turmeric against a variety of diseases, lung disease, brain disease, variety of cancers. It's been shown to make colon polyps disappear, speed recovery after surgery, effectively treat rheumatoid arthritis better than the leading drug. Also appears to be effective in treating osteoarthritis and other inflammatory conditions such as lupus, inflammatory bowel disease. So I recommend a quarter teaspoon a day. With spices and with and with turmeric in particular, is it the same to eat the whole plant or like minced turmeric? Or oh, um, yeah, that's a great question. So that that so a quarter teaspoon of turmeric that translates to about a quarter inch of kind of a turmeric finger. They're all pretty much vaguely the same uh, diameter. So yeah, so about a quarter inch. So basically just dried turmeric is basically a whole food. It's just had the water removed and kind of ground up. But, you know, you always have the sense, well, you know, you want the fresh food might be better. Like maybe we lose something when we, you know, through the dehydration process. But then the ginger literature really just shook things up for me. So my my default was like, well, let's just do the fresh. You know, if you have a if you have a choice, right? Uh, but ginger, interestingly, the active ingredient or the most active ingredient in ginger are this compound called shojils, which is uh, derived from the Japanese word for ginger, which are dehydration products of these gingerols which are these flavor compounds found in, in fresh ginger. So these shojils only appear when you dry ginger. And when you dry ginger, it actually changes the molecule and these shojils pop out. And so actually the benefit you get from dried ginger exceeds that what you get from fresh ginger. And so, for example, there's weight loss trials showing that ground ginger 
makes you lose body fat. Fresh ginger doesn't. And because and we think it's because of these show gels. Um, and how cool is that? How I mean, it seems almost counterintuitive that that processing, the drying process, would actually make something more potent. But it was after I realized that. Then I started being a little more hesitant to just kind of assume. Um, and so when a study shows that a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder does X, and people say, well, why don't I just use fresh garlic? I say, well, sure, use fresh garlic. But I still want, if you want this effect, I would encourage you to take that to eat a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder. You can sprinkle it on top of the food that you put the fresh garlic in because what that study said is that garlic powder worked. Does fresh garlic work as well, even better? Maybe, but it hasn't been tested or may not have been tested. So let's stick with what the science says. If you really want outcome X, well, then look, the study used this, so use this. But it's great the studies are using just the kind of spices that you get off the shelf. It's not some kind of extract or some kind of special proprietary whatever. It's just the ground ginger, garlic powder, whatever. And usually they talk in their methods. They said, you know, we went to the grocery store. We bought some garlic powder, you know. And that's what they use in their study. And you see these remarkable results. Thank you. You know, my husband, Paul, and he is huge fan of everything that you do. He watches all well, of your videos. He's a smart man. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> he watches all your videos and implements your 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 research into his everyday life. And he has just become a huge consumer of dried turmeric. And some of the ways that he uses it is just in capsules. For a while, he was putting them in capsules with a little bit of pepper, black pepper, per your recommendation. And then also he makes this drink that is not that good. It's <laughs> called Paul's Concoction. And it's Come water, on. water, turmeric, ginger, garlic, and sometimes like a jalapeno or something like that. And yeah, he drinks yeah, it I, every day. Any recipe that has concoction in the title, you know, that, <laughs> that should tell you something right off the bat. But some of the ways that we eat them are more palatable, like tofu scramble, and we oh, put yeah, it in perfect. soups or in a rice dish, like a stir oh, fry, yeah, turmeric latte, smoothie. So there are lots of ways to incorporate this so that Definitely. you don't get tired of it or so that you can actually get it into your system, unlike the Paul's concoction, which is a little bit hard to drink. Yeah, interesting. I, um, you know, one of the, my latest things I've been toying with, listeners might want to, might be interested in, is something that if it works out, I will put in my How Not to Age cookbook, which would be out, ooh, 2024, uh, the end of 2024. You know, I started out with the turmeric recommendation, then in How Not to Diet, Learned about all these benefits of black cumin, not beyond weight loss, there's all sorts of other cool stuff. And so, you know, I'm trying to put turmeric and everything, I'm trying to put black cumin and everything. And I like the flavors of these, like in some things. But then amla, which is this dried Indian gooseberry powder, it's just this particular fruit that's dried, it has these benefits. That stuff is really hard to put in anything because it's just nasty. So yeah, you can fit into a really strongly flavored smoothie or something, but again, kind of limits your options if you want to have that every single day. And then in the new book, How Not to Age, I realized, oh my God, we got to get some piperlongumine in, which is a compound found basically in one place, which is long pepper. It's in the pepper family. 
And so, yeah, you could buy long pepper. It has kind of almost a little Szechuan-y numbing flavor. But, you know, I'm starting to get to a point where it's like, well, I don't want like all my meals to taste the same, right? I mean, it's like the same kind of spice mixture and everything. Um, and so, you know, one option would be, you know, you can get all these spices in capsules. And again, one ingredient, not extracts or anything, but you can actually buy turmeric capsules or make them yourself, which is kind of a pain. But buying them, it's super expensive. And it's like ridiculous because like it's not that much for a pound of turmeric. But if you buy them in capsule form, I mean, it's just like they just so up. I mean, it's ridiculous, the kind of price markup. And you're taking all these pills. I was like, there's got to be a better way. Okay, so here's my, here's here's the latest experiment. Edible film. Edible film, which is one ingredient, potato starch. So it's basically like, you know, those like, uh, you know, uh, you make uh, like fresh rolls with those like rice paper sheets, you know? It's kind of the same idea, except just with potato starch, it's super thin. So these you get these sheets of potato starch, which you can see through. It's like almost like cellophane or almost like saran wrap. And they come in circles and squares or little pouches. And then you can take a big spoonful of whatever. And so for me, it's a mixture of those four spices. And you can put the spoonful inside this little, this little potato starch pouch, which costs two cents. And then you dip it in water and it kind of gels together to like capture the little spices inside. And then you can swallow it with like a big glass of water and you don't taste anything because it just kind of, it's just this like little, just slides right down. And so you just had all these really potent, strong tasting spices. You don't even taste anything. And even for those who have like difficulty swallowing pills, it's different than pills because it's not hard. It's like a little soft. It's just like a little mushy packet or whatever. And so that's what I've actually been doing every day to, now look, I'll still put turmeric in something if I think it actually makes it taste better, but I'm already getting it using the, this edible film technique. My concern is that people would like choke on it or I don't know. I want to make sure it's safe before, but it's something I've been playing with and so far so good. Awesome. Well, we'll have to try that. And um, I will probably ask you for the link of how to how to do that uh, so that we can put it in our show notes. Before we get going, we would love to know how you got to these foods and how you came up with the servings. I'm sure a lot of thought and, and research has gone into it, like everything else that you do. So how did you come up with this exact formula? These are foods that have some kind of unique properties. So for example, people have this idea that like, oh, eat fruits and vegetables as if fruits and vegetables are all alike. And for some nutrients, that's true. Like vitamin C found widely throughout the plant kingdom. We think of vitamin C in like citrus or something, but it's found in tropical fruits and broccoli and bell peppers all over the place. If you want to avoid scurvy, the vitamin C deficiency disease, eat fruits and vegetables. You don't even have to say eat oranges or whatever. Eat fruits and vegetables, you're going to be fine. But there are some nutrients, like, for example, the lignans in flax seeds. There are 100 times more lignans in flax seeds than basically any other food. So if you don't eat flax seeds, you're not going to get them. Just like cruciferous vegetables, there are these compounds that turn into something called sulforaphane, the purported active ingredient of cruciferous vegetables, basically found nowhere else. There's one other plant in Africa that has it, but basically nowhere else. And so if you don't eat cruciferous vegetables, you can eat all the other grains. You can eat spinach and beet grains and chard, all sorts of what, but 
If you don't get Christopher's vegetables, you're not going to make sulforaphane for the day. And so that's why I was like, okay, when I, you know, read about this, I realized, okay, well, I really have to get flax in my daily. If I want the anti-cancer benefits of these lignans, I got to figure a way to put flax. So I just got to make sure at the end of every day I've had flax in something. I had to have cruciferous vegetables in something. And so that's how it started where it's like, oh, unique benefits, let's get it in. And then, oh, there's the unique benefits of these pigments and berries. Now, you know, there's other places you can get these pigments like purple or red cabbage actually has the same kind of berry pigments that berries have. And so you can get it that way and cheaper, actually. That's basically how the, the process started. Um, and then in terms of servings and how much, I wanted to create kind of this uh, daily dozen diet plan in terms of weight loss where there was enough calories, there's enough food to kind of make people stuffed, but still be actually a few hundred calories less than what people typically eating to sustain their weight because the average person in America is overweight. So I wanted the, the average daily dozen to have a few hundred calories less. But what people say is, oh my God, that's way too much food. I can't even eat it all. And so it's kind of like the perfect diet. It's like, well, wait a second. Oh my God, too much food, but I'm not getting enough calories for the day. Well, that's great because <laughs> most people get too many calories a day. Now, if you really are skinny and you don't want to lose weight, then you know you can pick some of the more calorically dense foods within the daily dozen. Dried fruit, for example, more calorically dense than, than, than fresh fruit, that kind of thing. And you know you can make it work for you. But that's, that's basically, it was kind of uh, thinking about weight loss, which is part of the, um, part of the servings. And others like uh, the servings of legumes and whole grains, that was from the American Institute for Cancer Research very prestigious body where they suggest three servings a day, legumes, whole grains for cancer prevention. So that's where that came from. Cruciferous vegetables, obviously the more the better, but I wanted people to get at least one serving a day, you know, that kind of thing. Wonderful. Well, we'll definitely link your book. We will make sure that we remind people in the beginning to download your app. And we appreciate your time and sharing all that you did with our audience. So thank you so much, Dr. G. So happy to help keep up the wonderful work, you two. Thank you very Thank much. You. We'd also love to give a quick reminder to check out our sponsors of this episode, Caraway and Organifi. You can check out carawayhome.com and use the code PLANTPOWEREDKITCHEN to take advantage of their 10% off offer for our listeners right now. And you can check out Organifi at organifi.com slash plantpower and use that code PLANTPOWER for 20% off. It's always fun to talk with Dr. Greger. <laughs> uh, we want to dive a little deeper into the specific daily dozen list in case you want to start applying this knowledge right away. The list is a little bit general. So we're going to get a little bit more specific briefly. Number one, beans. So beans can also include tofu or tempeh and about 1.5 cups cooked of beans, tofu or tempeh can get you greenlit on that one. Next up is berries. It's just about a half a cup of fresh or frozen berries or fruit. So that can be put in a smoothie, really easy to get into the day. Other fruits. So that could be three medium-sized fruits or three cups of chopped fruit. Think a banana, an apple. You can throw more berries into your smoothie. Any of that does the job. Cruciferous veggies. So we're talking like broccoli, cauliflower. There's a whole bunch of cruciferous veggies out there. And all you need is about a half a cup greens, 
two cups. So a nice salad would be great for that. Other veggies. So that's about one cup of non-leafy veggies. So things like carrots or Brussels sprouts, although those would be cruciferous. So (laughs) things like carrots or bell peppers, ground flax seeds, which he mentioned, one tablespoon will do the job. Nuts and seeds, about a quarter cup. Whole grains, about three servings of whole grains. That could be rice, whole grain breads, and so on. Spices and herbs, as Dr. Gregor mentioned, a quarter teaspoon of turmeric, and then just load up your meals with any spices and herbs that you can. For beverages, he calls for five 12-ounce glasses, ideally water or tea, and then exercise. He recommends 40 minutes a day. Now, that's ambitious, but in a dream world, that's what we're aiming for. So I hope that helps give you a sense of what you can do in a practical sense. And we will include all of these over on the show notes for the episode, along with everything else we talked about today at plantpoweredpodcast.com. And then just click through the Dr. Gregor episode. We really encourage everyone to give it a try. You can even do a challenge with a friend or a group of friends or a coworker, family member. Michelle and I did it together. Actually, Dr. Gregor in a YouTube video challenged me to do it. And I, in a YouTube video, challenged Michelle to do it. And we all documented what it was like for us to eat that way and what we ate. And you can check those out. We're going to link them in the show notes. We again have our meal plans, which um, one of them is the Daily Dozen. It's five days. And we worked really hard to create tasty recipes that are also budget-friendly, all from the Daily Dozen. So also going to be included in the show notes. You can find our meal plans at plantbasedmealplan.com as well. And if you go to the site, just scroll down to the very bottom and you'll see the Daily Dozen option there. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. You can even start with just one day. So that's what I'd encourage you. Print out the checklist, start for one day and see how it goes. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we will talk to you in the next episode.